Look at verse 23. Praise God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for this little Bible study that we have. We give you glory, Father, for every person that's come. And we honor you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. He said, if you can believe. If you can believe. Well, I, I think we can. And I'll, I'll even say this. I know we can. Amen. God's put the potential for you and I to believe on the inside. He's given all of you guys a measure of faith. You know, that's what uh, Romans chapter 12, verse uh, 3 says. Let's look over there. Let's look at this, and then we'll, we'll go back. But if you, can, if you can just simply believe, he put faith on the inside of us so that we can believe him. Amen? Amen. Romans, the 12th chapter, the third verse says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of what? He's put on the inside of you and me the measure of faith. Now, what is it that we can do with our faith? Well, one thing we can do is we can move mountains. But the other thing that we can do with our faith is we can believe. It's not a question whether we have the ability to believe. The question is, is will we believe? There's a big difference in that. You know, you can have faith in your heart and have it lie dormant and talk about what a faith man you are or faith woman you are. But if you're not using any of it, what good is it doing you? Mountain moving faith. Look at Mark eleven twenty three. Mark 11, verse 23. Jesus said this. This is coming from the lips of the Master. He says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Anybody have any mountains they'd like to see removed? Well, Jesus said, With your faith you can speak to them. Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but here again, but shall believe. All things are possible to him that believeth, but shall believe that those things which he saith. Now, think about this for a moment. Is it vital for you to believe in the words that you speak? It absolutely is. It's very important for us to uh, have faith, not only in the word of God, but have confidence in our words that come out of our mouth. And of course, great confidence in our words that align themselves with His words. Whosoever believeth, the Bible says, and shall not doubt in his heart. I'm thankful that faith will work in my heart with a little bit of doubt in my head. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass well in other words maybe they haven't come to pass yet but they shall come to pass say it with me they shall shall. come to pass pass. 
It'll come to pass. It shall all come to pass. It shall all come to pass. It'll come to pass at last. Hallelujah. And you know something? God's no respecter of persons. You're a whosoever, aren't you? So he says, if you're a whosoever, you can speak to the mountain. Hang around a while. Let's become buddies. No. Be thou removed. Get out of here. And be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now think about this. Whosoever shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. See, without faith, it is impossible to believe. You can't believe, but you've got it. Amen? Now I want us to go back to Mark 9, 23. I want to work with this just a little while. It doesn't you know, make any difference how many scriptures we go over tonight. We want to get something. We want to get a little deposit in our hearts tonight. So that when we face those mountains tomorrow, we're not afraid of them. But we'll be able to face our future with faith. Amen. Okay, so Mark chapter 9. And we're going to look back over here at verse 23. Praise the Lord. Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said to him, If... Thou canst believe. Some things are possible. If you can believe, he says, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things. Things the world says can't happen. Things the economy says should not happen. This disease has gone too far. It costs too much. All things are possible to you and me. Because you and me, we are believers. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Well... It's too hard. It's too big. No. Let's get that out of our thinking. That's got to be, that's something that we need to speak to and tell to be removed out of our soul. Okay. Now look over at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And uh, notice with me in verse 27. And Jesus looking upon them, said, With men, it is impossible. With men, it is impossible. No doctor has a right to tell you it's impossible. Now, it might be impossible with them, but not with God. See, a lot of times medical science factors God out because they don't know Him. Okay? Yeah, some do. Many don't. But it says now, with men, 
It is impossible. But not with God. But not with God. But not with God. But not with God. But not with our God. Not with El Shaddai. Not with El Elyon. Not with our Father. Our Father, hallelujah, is something else. Read this again. I'm getting blessed. And Jesus looked upon them and said, With men it's impossible, <laughs> but not, but not with God. I mean, we could, we could camp a month on that verse, but not with my God. Is He your God? He's our God. With men... It's impossible. You know, the greatest treatment centers in the land do their very best to get people set free from addictions and they get some success. But the greatest success that a person that is addicted will ever get is having Jesus in their life and delivering them. See, with men, it is impossible. Well, but Pastor Mark, I, I, I've fallen time and time again. I, I, I've fallen for the 959th time on the same stinking thing. I've gone too far. With men, it's impossible. But not with God. Not with my God. Read the rest with me. For with God, all things, say that about three or four times, but with God, all things, once again, but with God, all things, one more time, but with God, but with His Word, and with His presence, and with His anointing, and with His grace, and with His love. Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah. So Jesus said unto them, with, with men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And, you know, a lot of people agree with that. Hey, with God all things are possible. But you are in God, and God is in you. And all things are possible to him that believeth in the God with whom all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so happy about that tonight. How about you? The truth of the matter is, is we are the apple of his eye. He loves us. He's not mad at us. He's mad about us. Oh, I don't know now, Pastor Mark, you're, you're preaching some stuff. That, I don't know, you know. I know somebody, they're so far gone. I tell you, and, the, and sometimes they reverence things like, that would take a great miracle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We serve a God of miracles. I was talking to, you know, somebody on the way in tonight. And, uh, and uh, man, just faith coming out of his mouth. Faith coming out of his heart. Amen. God's on the throne. 
Nothing is impossible. And we've got to have a mentality of being a fighter. And, and, and uh, you know, Brenda does a great message called Last Man Standing. You know, she comes out of Oklahoma where they have a, you know, a lot of country guys and some cowboys too. You know, and, and they wear boots and big old cowboy hats. And, and her little brother Ricky's a, he, I tell you, before he was born again, he was a rough guy. And, 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 her, and her grandfather's name was Booger Red. Yeah, his nickname was Booger Red, but they, they call him Booger Red because he was a booger. He was a tough old booger. He'd go in there and, you know, those were back in the days with cowboys and Indians. And they'd just, they'd, they'd go in there and they'd get, they would just get drunk and fight all night. Until the last man was standing. And it was usually Booger Red. That's in the natural now. How much more in the realm of the Spirit? We who are clothed with the full armor of God, with the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, stand in the face of adversity and fight the good fight of faith and rejoice in the Lord that the victory is ours. Amen. Last man standing. My, my attitude is this. When I go out, when I leave this earth, I'm going out with my boots on. I'm going out with my pistols blazing. You understand? I'm not quitting. I'm not a quitter. I wasn't taught to be a quitter. My God isn't a quitter and I'm not going to quit on him or quit because things get difficult. Get those boots on. Get those pistols blazing. (laughs) And you know, praise God, let's live as long as we can. Why don't we? Just live as long as we can. Let's do our very best just to honor the Lord every day of our lives. But not tucking tail, not backing down, boots on, pistols blazing. For some reason, some people get taken out. God loves us. And Jesus will put his arm around us. He did pretty good, buddy, but a few things you needed to know. <laughs> but let's find out those things now. The Bible says with long life, not with wrong life, will I satisfy him and show him my deliverance. Let's talk a little while tonight about How to receive anything. How to receive anything. All things are possible to him that believeth. And with God, all things are possible. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6, if you would. We've looked at some of these scriptures. You know, we've been kind of looking at a few things that Jesus said about prayer. And I don't know everything there is to know about prayer. Anybody does is nuts. If anybody thinks they do, they don't. But you know, we thank God for what we do know. And I believe that God can multiply the light that we have. 
So we've already looked at Matthew 6, but there may be some more light for us to see here. Matthew chapter 6. No wonder it's not the verse because I was in Mark. That'll never work. Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verse 9. And you understand that when, when the Lord is talking about our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, so on and so forth, He's not telling us to pray exactly that way. I prayed that way as a kid. I prayed that way so much I, I got dizzy. They gave me so many rosaries and our fathers and Hail Marys to pray that I got discouraged. So I just went home and drank a Coca-Cola. Verse 9, after this manner, he said, Now therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we talked about this, that prayer, you know, uh, it should be starting with praise and, and an attitude of adoration and worship, okay? And then in verse 10, uh, Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Interesting here. He's praying that the will of God would be done. If there's one thing in our lives that we should be uh, diligently seeking after is the will of God. The will of God be done. I don't, know, I don't always know what the will of God is, do you? That's why I pray regularly, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done today in my life. Let's, let's feed on this for a moment. He said, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And God's looking for his will to be done right now. Not just when we get to heaven, but why not have a little heaven on earth? Or rather, a lot of heaven on earth. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, you could have a, another month of seminars right there talking about how it is in heaven and how the Lord wants it to be on earth. Amen. Everyone say, thy will, thy will. Be, done. be done. Now, it's, it's interesting. Look at the next verse, verse 11. We're going to learn a couple things tonight. Notice with me in verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. So we could say then that he's asking here for something, right? But I want you to know and to notice rather the sequence of this. He began with praise. He began with worship. And then he began talking about, Lord, you will be done. Knowing his will always precedes asking. Knowing his will must come before asking. So it is important, it is of utmost important that you and I find out the will of God. Find out the will of God. Jesus knew what the will of God was for his life. 
He said, I didn't come down from heaven to do my own thing, but I came down from heaven to do the will of him that sent me. He was completely sold out at doing the will of God. He said, the doctrine that I'm teaching is not mine. It's him that sent me. He says, I don't even say what I want to say. I say what he wants me to say. I don't even do what I may want to do. I only do what he wants me to do. That's a guy, that's a, that's a savior sold out to the will of God. Find out. Find out the will of God. Don't launch out before you find out. Don't launch out before you find out. Lord, do you want me to do this? No sense of asking the Lord for something concerning the will of God until you know the will of God. All right, that's going to get clear. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 5. Father, thank you for conciseness and accuracy tonight. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, let's look at verse 17. Find out the will of God. Now, in Ephesians 5, 17, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Everyone say, I desire desire to understand understand what the will will of the Lord is. And then, of course, he goes on in verse 18, 19, right on verse 20, 21, 22, to tell you what the will of God, which is in the context of Ephesians 5, and basically saying part of the will of God for your life is to get drunk. I mean, just get hammered in the Holy Ghost. Get so full of joy that you can hardly walk. But as a general principle here, he's saying, okay, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I like it in the Amplified, so let's, let's look at that. He says, look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Okay? Um, In verse 17, it says, Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp Grasp what the will of the Lord is. Lord, is it your will for me to marry this person? Hello? Never say I do before you know the will. Lord, is it your will for me to move to Tracy? Or to, to Tulsa? Is it your will for me to marry a woman 25 years younger than me? That's a little hot off the press. Brenda gets that. But don't, don't, don't launch out to Vegas or to Tahoe or even to this altar before you know the will of God. Because if you marry outside of the will of God, it ain't heaven on earth. It can be very, very difficult. Very trying. Well, I want a pastor. I want a, I want a pulpit. I want to be behind the pulpit. I want a pastor. Glory to God. 
I'm going to go start a church in, in Timbuktu. Lord, I'm asking you to bless it and send the people and send all the money. Did you ask him whether or not he wanted you to do that? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. And you can't be vague about it. Especially, you know, when you're, when you're praying the prayer of faith. You can't, well, Lord, you know, heal Brother Tony if it be thy will. You know, that's too vague. Lord, I pray that you just, that you would just fill Brother John with the Holy Spirit. If you would desire to send him someday, we pray your will be done, that you would fill him in thy perfect will, Jesus. That's unbelief. You can't be vague. You can't be vague where the will of God is. You've got to be quick and bright and sharp and know God's plan. Know His will for your own life. You can't get a counseling session with Pastor Tom and Pastor Kimberly and Pastor Nancy and have them tell you what the will of God is for your life. Concerning, you know, whether you should go to school or not go to school or whether you should wear a red suit or a blue suit. Whether you should wear a wig or not. You know, whatever. Adding a little humor here. Very little. <laughs> All right. Find out God's will. Don't be vague. Be settled in the will of God. If Brenda and I didn't know it was the will of God for us to be in the Bay Area, we would have left. Let me see how many years we've been here. 30. 29 and a half years ago. <laughs> we left. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. We would have left many, many times if we didn't know it was the will of God. Because knowing what the will of God is will keep you with your boots on. And it'll keep you strong. And it'll keep you standing. And it'll keep you filled with grace. And full of joy. And full of the anointing of God. Amen. So be settled in the will of God. Look at 1 John chapter 5. Now, His will is His idea. His will is His idea. You can't figure out God in your head. He's not a head. He's not a mind. God is not a mind. God is a spirit. Amen? So to try to, 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 to contact him with this only, forget it. That's why he says, don't lean to your own understanding, but trust him with everything you've got on the inside. Understand what the will of the Lord is. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, 15. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I had, we had to find out <laughs> from Him whether or not it was the will of God for us to own this building. We didn't just wake up one morning and go, Bing! 
I think we'll just go by the United Artists Theater on Hesperian Boulevard. Uh-oh. There were things that stood in our way to this. And there was some midnight praying. Midnight seeking. He said, seek and you shall find. But before we were going to take the final steps to make an ultimate commitment on this, we had to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that it was the will of God. And then in knowing the will of God, there was an assurance there. There was a confidence there. And God came through for us. And still comes through every day. See, I knew for years that it was the will of God for us to own our own building. I knew for, you know, for years and years. So I had that base covered. I knew it was the will of God, but I didn't know where. So that's where he says, seek and you shall find. And this is where a lot of people miss it. They're waiting on God to bring something to them. When God requires us to do our due diligence and seek and look and be led by the Spirit as you search. Everyone say Spirit-led. Searches. So we went on Spirit-led searches. And we came into some situations that just weren't quite. How many of you know if it ain't quite, it ain't right? But we kept moving and kept seeking, knowing what the will of God was. Amen? And then the will of God happened. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there's a lot of People that are waiting for God to bring the right mate to them. If you know that it's the will of God for you to be married, I'm not talking about dating everything in the 510 area code. (laughs) But, listen very carefully, you must be in a position, if you will, to where you are able to meet other people. And I'm not talking about going on some dating computer. I'm not talking about that. But you see, the will of God and the plan of God and you putting one foot forward in front of the other and seeking Him with all of your heart go like this. Maybe not the best illustration. Say it with me, I'm always in the right place at the right time. Say it again, I'm always in the right place at the right time. And you know it's the will of God for you to marry a Christian. I mean, you're not going to be deceived, are you? You know, you know it's the plan of God for, for you to marry a Christian, right? You don't want to marry a non-Christian. And you don't want to marry a potential Christian. You know, 
You know what a potential Christian is, don't you? It's the one that comes on Easter. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's the one that comes on Easter. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, there's other, there's just, there's other priorities, you know, there's other priorities. And so the kind of example that sets for your kids is wrong, right? It's wrong. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15. I think we've gone into the metal zone. Let's get back to the word. First John chapter five, verse 14. Are you still here? You still love love the pastor? Well, you, you still like me anyway? Thank you very much. Just a little. All right. Thank you. All right. Verse 14, 15. <laughs> okay, and this is the what? Everyone say confidence. And this is the confidence. This is the assurance. This is the privilege of boldness. Amen. That we have in Him. My boldness, my confidence is in Him. That if we ask anything, okay, here we're asking, in accordance to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, We know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. That's so good. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, He listens to us and hears us. And if since we positively know that He listens to us, whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we will have granted to us our present possessions the request that we made of Him. And this works across the board, really. Because you can look in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation and you can find woven through the fabric of God's Word, you can find out that it is in fact the will of God for everyone to be healed. But you, get, you, can't, you can't just know that up here. You've got to know it down here. You've got to know that for yourself. In your own inside. And you can look from Genesis to Revelation. And you can find out in the Word of God, woven through the fabric of the Word of God, that it is God's will for everyone to prosper. And to experience increase. And to experience joy. And, and to have peace. It's not the will of God for us to be sad and depressed and downtrodden and all bummed out. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, we have complete assurance, complete confidence. When we ask Him according to His will, we know that we have it. The petitions that we desired of Him. And then, when it gets into areas where it's not written, how many of you know the Spirit of God can write it? What I'm saying is, when it's not written in the Word, the Holy Spirit can write it in your heart. 
He can write the plan of God on the canvas of your heart. He's the Spirit of truth. He came that you would know which way to go. He's your guide. Hallelujah. He picks up the will of God from the Lord and communicates it to you in your spirit. So whatever it is, whether it be employment, whether it be education, whether it be marriage, whether it be ministry, whatever the will of God is, and whatever you need to fulfill the will of God, you've got the ability now to ask with confidence and be sure in your heart that God will bring it into your life. Do you get that? But if you're unsure and you're not sure, you need to make sure that you get sure. Amen. Look with me at John chapter 15 and verse 7. Jesus, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us, Lord. There are things that are mysteries to your mind. There are things that you already know down here. But you don't know how to do them up here. The same one that brought you the knowledge that it is the will of God will also bring and unveil the knowledge of how to do it. And that's where you get into seeking. And that's where you get into waiting. Well, Lord, I know you want us, I know you want us to do that, but, but how? Lord, I, I know you want us to do this, but when? Lord, I know you want me to do this, but where? And to who? Are you hearing this? John chapter 15, verse 7. It's so important. If you abide... In me. Now we get into this, this, uh, this word abide, this word of living in vital contact with me. I think Pastor Tom taught a little bit about it a month or two ago about the, the power of abiding and the value of abiding, right? What does that abiding mean? That abiding means staying connected, right, Pastor Tom? What else does abide mean? I'm, I'm looking for answers. Abide means to dwell. Uh, to, to abide means to live in. If you, if you uh, what is it? Stay connected. If you abide in me. If you abide in me. That's a condition. Well, I'm born again, pastor, and I come to church on Easter. You're not abiding in him. Who are you kidding? That's, that's not abiding in him. That's just a religious. I better just speak in tongues. Amen. But if you abide in me, if you live in me. I like what Gloria Copeland said years ago. She did a message called Maintain the Union. Maintain the Union. And, and we don't have time to do it tonight. We're, we're fixing the clothes. But if you look at John 15 very carefully, it talks about the union. It says that what, we're the... He's the vine. And, and we're the branches, right? And then he told us, you know, guys, without me, you can do nada. 
Okay? How many of you found that out? I'll raise both hands. I found that out. Okay? He says, without me, you can do nothing, but you can do all things through him who strengthens you, who continuously infuses his inner strength into you, giving you the ability and the unction to do all things according to his will. So now, if we abide in him, and that's, that's a big if, because quite frankly, it's easy to lose the connection. How many of you ever had the experience, you know, we, we have a son down in Costa Mesa, John, and he's got some funky phone in his car. And, and, and you know, we're, we never call really to talk to him anymore. We want to talk to Olivia. You know? Three, three years old, she just melts my heart. She says, Papa. I said, Papa's right here. Papa's right here. You know, and, and I called him today, you know, and I, I, I knew he was in a meeting yesterday. I wanted to hear about it, but really wanted to know what Livy was doing. And so, you know, we're on the road sometimes and Brenda's got, you know, a good phone in her car and stuff. And John's got some sort of funky setup. And, and, and we're trying to, trying to hear what he's saying. And it's important. He's just in a, you know, important meeting with some other pastors and different things. And it, it, it's, how many of you saw Dumb and Dumber? And when they went up to Stan Makita's? Or was that Wayne's World? Wayne's World? They went to Stan Makita's to order some food. And they like to pull this on them. They went to the drive-in and they said, give me a... You know. And so they lost the connection. What was that? And then, and then he said, okay, so you want this and that. Well... But we're talking, and John and John's talking to us, and we're we're about to hear it, and he goes, uh, 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 uh. "We lose him. We lost the connection." Okay, there was not a vital connection, and this is the way that God wants us to live. Vitally united to the vine, taking the time to find out the will of God, so that we don't go through life being vague. Amen. Okay, John fifteen seven. he said, if now you abide in me, you're going to know the will of God. And you're sure going to know the will of God if his words do what? If his words abide in you, if his words live in you. Amen. He says, then you will ask what you will. And what will happen? You will ask what you will. He, he's so confident that if you live in Him and His words live in you, He has so much confidence in us that He says, now ask what you will because I know you're going to ask according to my will because you're so wrapped up in it. (laughs) Amen? So ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You get anything tonight? Let's all stand up. We're all done. Amen. Glory to God, Father. We thank You for Your Word tonight. We thank You for encouraging us. How to receive anything. How to receive anything.